Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tony Talks Therapy. I'm your host, Tony Oswegan, a licensed mental health counselor and somatic therapist based in Seattle, Washington. I've got a good friend, Mia Fine, on the podcast today. Mia and I worked in the same building for a little while and became friends just sort of in passing between sessions and over, you know, coffee and tea dates. And Mia is just such an amazing therapist, such an amazing educator, just an incredible human being. And I'm so excited to have them on the podcast today to talk about sex therapy. This is Mia's specialty. Mia does individual and couples therapy, does sex therapy education, sex education. She has her own podcast. And I am just so stoked for you to hear all of the the wisdom that Mia has to share. We're going to talk about what sex therapy is, what sort of concerns might bring people to sex therapy, and then what comes up in sex therapy. One of the things that I love that Mia talks about is that sex is sort of a mirror of what's happening in the rest of our lives, what's happening in our relationships shows up in sex, what's happening at our workplaces shows up in our sex lives, and our sex lives, you know, impact the way that we show up in all these other places. And we talk about intimacy and how getting to know yourself and part of getting to know yourself is getting to know your sexuality. And it's something that we just don't talk about very much in our culture. Sex is so taboo and so like quieted down and yet it's also in our faces all the time that we don't often really actually know what we like and what we don't like, what turns us on and what turns us off. So I'm just so excited to share this conversation with y'all today. Me and I also talk about how to find a sex therapist, and if you are a therapist, how and where to get training in sex therapy. And there are a lot of resources in the show notes, websites you can go to, books to read, um, Mia's therapy practice website as well as their podcast with Kia. So go to the show notes uh, if you want a little bit more information, and then I'll share those websites and Instagram handles at the end of the episode. Super excited to share this one with you all. Let's get into it. Hi, Mia. How's it going? Hi, Tony. Going well. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. I am so stoked to have you on. I have been just like loving doing interviews and you and I have been uh, friends now for a little while and I just love the work that you do and just want people to learn more about sex therapy and relationships and all of these things are so important. So thank you so much for coming on. No, my total pleasure. And it's good to see you. I've been doing a lot of um, Zoom hangouts and, and, um, I've, I've just missed your face because yeah, over the years we've gotten to know each other professionally and personally, and I'm I'm grateful to have you as a colleague and a friend. And podcasts are really fun, so thank you for inviting me and talking about sex therapy and what mm-hmm. we do is um, like such a joy of my life. And yeah. so this just feels really good to to get to share this joy and share information in ways that are meaningful and hopefully help at least one person. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So we're so lucky to have you on. Um, So tell us a little bit about you and what you do, and then we'll jump into all the things. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, Yeah, I'm Mia Fine. Um, Pronouns are they and she. Uh, Either's fine with me today. Sometimes they, sometimes she, but either's fine. Um, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and uh, I'm also an ASECT certified sex therapist. And ASECT is the governing um, organization um, that offers a certification uh, for sex therapists, educators, and counselors. Um, and I can talk a little bit more about that. Um, I'm also currently on the trajectory of becoming an ASECT certified educator, right. and I am getting a PhD. So started that a month ago and it's been incredible and I'm happy to offer information about um, PhD programs, ASECT, et cetera. Um, And a huge part of what I get to do these days in addition to my clinical practice is I get to teach and it's been a total joy. I'm really enjoying teaching. That's so amazing. Like that that intersection of like the clinical work and the education Mm -hmm. work just feels so important. 
Um, yeah. yeah. And it's what you do, right? Like yeah. it's a lot of what you do is education. Yeah. Um, and I, I, less do it through like the social media piece. And I prefer to do it in a classroom. Mm-hmm. Like I teach for Antioch and, and IC and um, SPU. I'm teaching a class in a couple of weeks. So it's, it's been really fun to teach uh, therapists and training um, yeah. and to be myself in that area because I can like, you're yourself all the time. I'm myself all the time. And I think that's right. a really important piece Absolutely. for incoming upcoming therapists to see mm-hmm. is us being our authentic selves. Yes, absolutely. That's like such a part of this field that I think the field is growing and that therapists can like start to be themselves more often, like in session with clients or in teaching. Um, And I love that. Yeah. And being able to show up authentically in these spaces is so, so important. Well, I think it's, you know, therapy was rooted in like, you know, the patriarchy and right. white supremacy. And, and now that a lot of us are queering things up and challenging um, status quo and kind of thinking, how do you know what we think we know and where did this come from and what does ideology look like and how do we actually um, invite this field to uh, to work for people rather than just this heteronormative white folks, which again, nothing wrong with, but it does isolate um, and create barriers for others like me who I'm, I'm queer. And so certain therapists may not be able to work with me and certain therapists might. And so, um, part of what I get to do in, in, in sex therapy is working from an intersectional lens, queer theory, and, um, really queering things up and questioning those, uh, frameworks and, and modalities to be more inclusive. Absolutely. Yeah. Like broadening, who we can support and in what ways we can provide that support. There we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's start out with, can you tell us about what sex therapy is? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so train, it takes quite a big bit of training, um, depending on what route you're going. Um, I don't totally know the exact amount of hours we need for an ASEC certification. It's all on the website and ASEC is A-A-S- ECT, American Association of Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. Um, And basically what we are trained to do in the years of of continuing education, supervision, consultation, and then um, working with clients um, through hours and whatnot throughout the years, is we work with sexual health concerns. So Mm -hmm. that could look like vaginismus. Um, it could look like dyspareunia, it could look like pelvic floor sexual health concerns, it could look like erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, and then it can also look like more of a relational Mm -hmm. um, piece of like desire discrepancy, what happens when one person in a dyad has higher desire than the other, Um, it can look like uh, monogamous relationships opening up to non-monogamy, you know, exploring polyamory uh, and 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 all sorts of um, alt relationships, and then it can also look like kink and BDSM and um, different uh, sexual interests, um, appetites, pleasures, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so and and so much in addition to that. So right. sex therapists um, have a, a master's or a PhD in um, some form of therapy or counseling. Um, And then this is an additional certification on top of that. Right, right. Cool. And it sounds like there are so many different things that can bring people to sex therapy. It might be something more of like a physical concern or like you said, more of that like emotional, relational stuff that comes up. Well, I think think it's always an emotional, relational, and physical concern, right? Because we're so biopsychosocial, spiritual, um, and sexual, and that's the holistic perspective of we're one entity, Mm -hmm. but we're made up of varying different parts. And so we might think something is just physical, but then we, once we start unpacking it in therapy, we're like, mm, there's a lot of stress happening. Hold yeah. on. What's that go? What's ha- What's your relationship like with your partner? If you don't want to have sex with your partner, well, maybe that has something to do with the erection issue, right? right? Or what does arousal look like? And, um, and oftentimes, Tony, it's so much about a lack of education mm-hmm. about quote unquote, and I'm doing those air quotes, like yeah. normative, right. right? Like what is normal, right? 
Yeah. And we have really crappy sexuality education in this country, right? And it's getting better in certain pockets. It's getting better, but um, we don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how much the stuff that brings people to sex therapy is like rooted in, like you said, that lack of education and also Mm -hmm. so much sexual shame that I think we carry. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of these issues that come up around sex and sexuality have something to do with like, I just don't know, or I've never been allowed to talk about this. Absolutely. Right. And what we know about shame, right. Is that, well, first of all, I have a, a good friend who says where there's a should there's shame. Yes. Right. Like I should be, or I should do, right. um, implication of that there, then it leads to guilt and shame and shame like lives in those pockets of like, I like to equate it to like black mold mm-hmm. when it's, when it's in the deepest dark corners of our psyche of, um, our stories. If we, if we don't talk about things with people who are safe to, um, to process, then we don't heal. Right. And shame grows like black mold right. and gets like, and it doesn't go away and it just festers. And I like to also think about it like Nagowski um, has that metaphor analogy, I get them confused, of having like a plot of land. We're born with these plots of land and our families of origin just throw a bunch of seeds in from their plots mm-hmm. of land and kind of hope for the best. Mm-hmm. And some of the seeds grow into these beautiful oak trees and orchids. And then others are like those, like those weeds that are really difficult for us to, um, they're like insidious, yeah. right? And that's what we get to do in therapy, particularly in the, in sex therapies is why I love it so much mm-hmm. because those weeds, some, sometimes we don't even know that we have them right. and they're the most intimate parts of us. Right. And if you can't talk to your therapist about the most intimate parts of your life, who are you gonna talk to? Mm-hmm. And then that shame just grows like a weed or like the black mold. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned too how much, and I don't know about everybody else, but for me, like shame started, I mean, early on when it came to sex. And especially I'm thinking back to like the sex that I had in middle school Mm -hmm. and high school and really focused on like, here's all the diseases you can get and you're going to die. Like I think about what is it uh, from Mean Girls, like you're going to have sex and then you'll get get AIDS and die. Like that's so much Exactly. And pregnant also. Right. You're going to get, you're going to have all these STIs. They're going to be terrible. When you get the STIs, they're going to be terrible. And then you're going to get pregnant. Right. And then your life's going to be over. And then, and then for sure, like all of the the worst kind of of pain's going to come with that. People won't love you. You won't be liked. And then you're going to die. Right. And so we're taught this fear rather than pleasure yeah rather than rather than like knowing having awareness about how our awesome bodies work yeah what makes us work what turns us on the differences between arousal interest desire right because they're all different yeah um it's really cool one of the beautiful things that we get to do as sex therapists I don't know if you do this as a therapist but I do a a whole biography Mm mm-hmm and I call it a sexual history. Yeah. And um, I take people all the way back to childhood. Yeah. And we, I draw a genogram, which is a visual representation of their family of origin mm-hmm. with um, all sorts of shapes and paralleling, you know, relationships and, and identifying them. And then I unpack with them, what were the messages you received growing up from your family of origin about gender and sex and your body right. and relationship? Who are your models? And then we work our, and what were the values you were taught, right? right? And what was the implication of that shame? Where did that come from? Was that, did that come from society, come from religion? Mm-hmm. And then we work our way in a somewhat chronological linear fashion through their lives. Right. And it is always powerful, yeah. always powerful. It's the second session I have with um, every client. It's mm-hmm. individual, partners aren't there. And sometimes it does take longer than an hour and a half. And then we schedule a follow-up session and sometimes a session after that, depending on dot, dot, dot. And it is not one session, Tony, is ever the same because nobody's, nobody is the same. Yeah. And it's beautiful and it's spiritual and it's powerful. Um, It's one of my favorite, the favorite Mm. things about being a sex therapist is really inviting people into talking about their story because that's where the healing starts. And it's where our therapeutic relationship 
is created. Absolutely. Yeah. And I imagine that being able to tell a story sort of, as you said, like as much in chronological order as is possible with like a messy human life. Yeah. I imagine that just opens so many doors to like, oh, this is where I learned that message about my body. And this is where I learned that sex means a, B, and C thing. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. Because those messages, the messages we have today, our thoughts mm-hmm. come from somewhere. They're right. not just always random. They come from, we heard them somewhere. We learned them somewhere. So if we can trace back some etiology, and sometimes these stories have never come out of their mouths. And then you yes. remember people, clients remember, oh my God, I totally forgot about that. Wow. That must be why xyz Mm -hmm. right it's so so powerful it's really really it's a beautiful experience yeah yeah. um and it helps with identifying trauma right it helps with identifying um certain symptoms right tracking down okay you've had um you know pain in your uh in your vulva uh, outside inside you know, vaginal canal and whatnot, when don't have to do a whole anatomy thing today. I can, I yeah. can pull out my, uh, my velvet vulva puppet, which is one of my favorite things ever, I love that. um, which I use like, I will totally, I'll pull it out then. Um, and where was I going with that? Um, oh yeah. Etiology. When uh-huh. did these symptoms start? Yeah. Right. And yeah. so when you first started noticing symptoms of anxiety and depression that right. shows up too, right. and it is somewhat chronological and linear because we do bounce around as human mm-hmm. beings and I guide in a way, but mostly it's about the experience that a client has of sharing their story right. in a place that's safe. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, it's really powerful. Yeah. I've, I've never, I'll tell you this, this is this is really cool. I have a, a colleague who is also a really good friend mm-hmm. and a sex therapist, and I'm turning 35 in November, um, and the gift I'm giving myself, and she told me this, like, I think it was like three years ago, she said, it would be fascinating to do your sexual biography, oh, Mia. Wow. And I was like, I, I kind of stuck, like, that in like the back of my mind. And then for my 35th birthday, I'm like, okay, that would be really beautiful to share this. So I asked her if she would take my history and have me be able to share my story, Mm -hmm. my sexual experiences from very, very early on and what I remember up until today. And she was like, fuck yeah, I will. She's like, what a gift. So I I get to do that. Yeah. It's so cool. I don't, oh man. I'm just like curious what you'll discover <laughs> and how that'll go. I know. Well, because I've told my story. I've, I've right. done this, you know, part of being a sex therapist, part of being a therapist, we have to do our own work Absolutely. so that we can be able to sit with other people. But I have yeah. not done that full history right. from this lens before, um, particularly with someone I already know is safe for me. Right. You know? right. And she's not my therapist, yeah. but we're going to have this somewhat therapeutic experience where she offers me a little bit of, um, you know, maybe her own insights and it's going to be cathartic for me just to share out loud in a 90, might be two hours, right? Might be longer uh, period of time. My story today, you know, Mm -hmm. as I'm turning this amount of years during this time of of life and I'm so excited about it and so is she so it's really it's really gonna be fun what a great birthday gift for yourself I love that it's healthy yeah Yeah. so I this might be an impossible question to answer because it sounds like there's so many things that come up through just the reasons why people might come to sex therapy and through gathering that sexual history but I'm curious Mm -hmm. sort of where you tend to go after that like what does Mm -hmm. a typical sort of sex therapy session look like yeah um so again there every every session is different um I take pretty I invite clients to share uh, a good amount of information with me in my intake forms Mm -hmm. ahead of time Mm -hmm. and then from those I build like a treatment plan with them right so after the like let's say it's an individual client and they're working with me on um uh, vaginismus. Yeah. Okay. Which vaginismus and dyspareunia, um, it's painful sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, from, from a disability justice lens, um, other than having certain physical things going on, sex should not be painful. Right. 
sex should not be painful. And I'm talking about not just PIV, penis and vagina intercourse. No sex should be painful unless there's something else happening. Um, And so like not even a sexual debut, which is what we call losing virginity now because loss of virginity, like virginity in in and of itself as a concept is BS. And so what we're using is sexual debut. It does not have to be painful, right? It's going to be painful if somebody um, is not aroused or if, uh, there's right. There's no lubrication or interest. Right. Um, and also, anyway, I'm digressing. But let's say vaginismus mm-hmm. client comes to me with vaginismus and dyspareunia, painful sex. Um, I'll do that sexual. Bi- I'll have an intro session, do a sexual biography, probably for a couple of sessions with the, with this with this client, and then um, we talk about what the goals are. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on, let's say, this is um, a cis woman okay um who is wanting to have uh get pregnant right right? so there's a certain goal in mind there right there's a certain um goal is to be able to maybe have sex um that's not painful so that it leads to pregnancy so um we'll set things up in a way that's somewhat measurable and then i'll invite a lot of awareness around what stress looks like in her life in their life right um in this person's life um, what the support systems look like mm-hmm. relationally, how they're doing in this relationship, um, what what it is that turns them on, yeah. Um, what does arousal look like? And so, and so often, Tony, I hear, well, I don't, I don't know what turns me on. Right. It's like, well, if we don't know what turns us on, how the f are we supposed to say it to our partners? Like, exactly. How how are you supposed? So, I there's this beautiful exercise that I love to invite about. I turn myself on by mm-hmm. dot, dot, dot. and then partner B goes, I turn myself on by, yeah. and then, and then it's kind of this back and forth and it's really, it's really fabulous. That's cool. Um, and so we work towards those goals. Um, talking about masturbation, self-pleasure, mm-hmm. discussing, uh, what kind of sex feels good. What kind of sex do they desire? Yes. No, maybe, um, is a really fun, uh, a series of questions and prompts mm-hmm. that, invite um, an individual couple relationship system, whatnot, to explore what are, what kind of sex do we want? What are we into? What are we not into? Yeah. Will, won't, and want is another um, way to do that. And so I've got like tons and tons of exercises and I love um, kind of piecing them together for folks. Mm-hmm. Every time I have a session, it's a, it's a 50 minute session. Timer goes off 10 minutes towards the end. It lets us know we have 10 minutes to wind down. We talk about homework invitations and I am a resource queen, yeah. like a really big resource queen. And so I'll probably offer like three or four uh, resources for them to consider between mm-hmm. that time and the next time I see them, that right. session and the next time. Um, and we talk about how they're going to practice, right. how they're willing and interested in pra- practicing self-care between now and the next time I see them from a bio, psycho, social, spiritual lens. And what mm-hmm. that looks like is bio is the body. Are you taking care of yourself? Are you exercising in ways that feel good to you? Eating, drinking water, etc. Yeah. Psychosocial, relational, and spiritual meaning yeah. making. Wonderful. Yeah. Sorry, that was a lot of information. That's okay. It's great. I love okay. this. Okay. <laughs> this is like the beauty of podcasts. Is like we can go on as many tangents as we want, and it's all good. Yeah, I love it. I want to back up and ask what I think. To me now, sort of having done a lot of my own work and knowing what I know feels like a really basic question. But I think for a lot of people who are maybe haven't explored sex and sexuality at all or are still Mm -hmm. very deep in the shame of things or in the judgment even of, I mean, I have clients who come into session and they're like, you know, they like whisper it like they're not allowed to talk about it. And I'm like, this is therapy. We're okay. We can talk about it. I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit to why sexual well-being is like part of our entire well-being and Mm -hmm. the focus on like pleasure and enjoyment in sex. And yeah, yeah, I just wonder if you could speak to that a little bit. 100%. Yeah. And and I have a couple of thoughts about training too and what Mm -hmm. our role is at therapist, even if we're not a sex therapist. Um, So if I forget, please like remind me of those. Um, So human beings are hardwired for intimacy and connection. Mm-hmm. It is, I don't, I don't think we are, um, 
that we're, we're not really granted or um, we don't deserve anything necessarily um, in this world as, as people. I, I don't like that. I deserve this. Yeah. However, there's something to be said about knowing who we are innately um, and having a connection to intimacy. Mm-hmm. Right. And that intimacy piece is yeah, it's it's absolutely pleasure. Um, it absolutely can be arousal. It can be it can be connection with other people, but it's also this awareness of who, like who we are. Right. Um, human beings change over time. We are fluid. Our gender can be fluid. Our sexuality can be fluid. What we like, what we don't like, can be fluid. Mm-hmm. We're not taught that. We're taught that. Okay, you're born with this. You know, set a uh, external, internal, uh, you know, sexual organs, and that's who you are. And right. so because of that, you have to then live life in this particular way. Right. Actually, no, like that's not the case. But a lot of what we get to do is unlearn the messages that aren't working for us anymore. So weeding some of those, those weeds out of our garden. Um, when it comes to sexuality, it really is the most intimate piece of who we are. Mm-hmm. And it's oftentimes the the thing that people are the most afraid to talk about out loud because because we don't talk about it, mm-hmm. it creates shame. Right. And we don't think we're normal and we think there's something wrong with us and we think we're broken. Right. And people aren't broken. Human beings are not broken. Most of the work I do is inviting people to look at themselves as whole exactly as they're supposed to be and encourage agency about how do you want to move through the world with integrity right. and part of it is sexuality mm-hmm. right because if you know what you like you know how things are working and yeah. you can share that with other people damn is that powerful yeah 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 wow I'm just sitting with that, that reminder that none of us are broken and yeah. that we are whole yeah. and how we can access that in all of these different ways. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm. There's this, the piece of, of feeling broken, I don't think is human. I think it's based on the systems we live in mm-hmm. that tell us we have to be a particular way. Yeah. And sometimes I don't know about you, but as a therapist, I kind of feel like, Oh gosh, I'm like, I'm up against all these systems. Yeah. Right. And I'm sitting with clients who are like, it makes sense as to why they're coming to me with like pain. Yes. Right. And, and feeling hopeless and it makes sense. And mm-hmm. at the same time, what I do know is that there is a way to feel better. Like I, I can see it's just like emotions. We got to get through the tunnel, right? Feel the emotion through the tunnel. Emotions are like tunnels. You just have to feel them from beginning, middle, end. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I do have a lot of hope because I get to see it all of the time. Yeah. I see people get better. Right. I see people heal from vaginismus. I see navigation of desire discrepancy working. I see non-monogamy kicking ass for yeah. certain relationship systems. I see people starting to love themselves. I see people adopting the um, the awareness of queering things up and questioning mm-hmm. theoretical frameworks or, or ideologies that aren't working for them. Right. Yeah. And I, 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 so I see it. And so I feel like I can offer that hope for my clients um, and for the world and the students I teach. I I have that now. Um, When we're burnt out, we don't have it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why consultation is really important and having, having groups of other therapists who we can lean into when we're, when we're kind of tapped out of that hope Mm -hmm. um, cup. Yeah. But for the most part, I feel it. I feel like things can be better. Yeah. Things can be yeah. better. Change is possible. Wholeness and is people are not broken. Here. Yes, absolutely. And I think about too, as I heard you talking about that, like I was thinking about how much some of the the issues or pain points that we face in other parts of our life show up in mm. 
sexuality and intimacy. Mm -hmm. Like if I have trouble with boundaries or if I have trouble with expressing my needs, then, oh my gosh, is that going to show up when I'm trying to have sex? Um, and vice versa. Yeah. Like it's going to show up in sex and that shit's going to show up outside of sex too. Right. So if we don't have language for what it is that turns us on or what it is that turns us off, right. If we don't know anything about consent, what's it looking like when we're not naked? Right. Right. Yeah. What do our boundaries look like when we're driving our car or when we're talking to a boss? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. What does it look like if we don't have awareness of power differential? Right. Or certain languaging about what it is that we want. Differentiation. Do I know what I'm thinking? Can I self-regulate enough to articulate my thoughts Mm -hmm. and my feelings out loud to the person I'm with? And then can I self-regulate enough to receive information from whoever I'm with? Right. That is so much about like I do that all the time absolutely yeah mm-hmm. and I imagine too that when you're gathering people's sexual histories or working through any sort of concern that someone's coming to therapy with you for I imagine that trauma does come up quite a bit mm-hmm. and I'm curious oh, yeah. about that sort of intersection of trauma work when there's sexual trauma in the sex therapy setting yeah, absolutely. So this is where that question, this is where I think the um, there's a responsibility for therapists to be trained in, in sex. And, yeah. um, and I don't mean go, go ahead, get fully certified in ASEC. Like I'm not saying that, right? If you're not interested, don't do it. But having some core training around sex and asking your clients mm-hmm. about their sex life, because providers don't ask about sex lives, right? And it is um, separating. It, it, it separates people from, um, from themselves because they don't feel safe in having those conversations. Yes. Um, I'm digressing. I just want to mention one thing yeah. that research shows when parents talk to their kids early on about sex, not only does it mitigate particular um, you know, the, the potential STIs and early pregnancies and unwanted, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But it also, it, it creates a, a, a strong relationship between parent and kid. Right. And then the because the kid knows they can talk to their parent about anything. Yeah. So that's the same dynamic in terms of therapy. For therapists to bring up sex early on, or even put in your informed consent, this is going to be something that is invited so that people know, oh, okay, this, this feels safe because we have power in the room mm-hmm. as therapists. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if we're not, if we wait for the client to bring it up, then we're putting that onus on them. Right. We're like, we got to bring it up, but we got to do our own work. So we feel comfortable doing that. Exactly. Um, so you were talking about trauma. You asked me about trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, trauma is, it comes up in a hundred percent of the work I do. Yeah. 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 If it is, uh, depending on the trauma, I will recommend EMDR. Mm-hmm. I love EMDR. Mm-hmm. Um, I also uh, there's so much awareness that comes from the reactions we have to trauma. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fight, flight, freeze, fawn, appease, dissociate, right? Um, gives us a lot of information on like what we do with that. Right. And so those are the reactions that, that human beings um, have when faced with something that scares us. Right. Um, right. And so navigating a what identifying what those are and then what we do with it yeah so uh, most of the work i do is around trauma yeah 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 Yeah. and it and again we heal right we heal in healthy relationships and that's what therapy that's what therapy is about exactly right it's creating like a safety in a container where and safety is dependent on the person Mm -hmm. right not everybody is going to feel safe in in uh in every dynamic um but but depending on that person, like I get to co-create that with them Mm -hmm. and that if there's, I don't know what spiritual is if it isn't that. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of like, every time I find myself awed by the process of therapy, it's like watching this relationship happen and the healing that can come from that. I'm like, holy shit. Like we did that. (laughs) We did that. We did that. Right. It's it's together with the client, the client and and provider gets to do that it is unlike it's, anything else yeah for sure yeah I love and that. resources when it comes to 
the work we do, I, like I said, I'm like a resource queen. I've mm-hmm. got like books galore. There are books I, I'd love to like um, recommend. I have this one particularly when it comes to trauma. Yeah, I can write a few down and put them in the show notes if you have some recommendations. Politics of Trauma. I love that book, The Politics of Trauma. Mm-hmm. It is so it's good. absolutely fantastic. And Stacey Haynes also wrote a book called Healing Sex. Oh, hey, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. I'll have to read that um, one. Yeah, all comes together. Yeah, there and you know Emily Nagowski's "Come as You Are." Uh-huh. Um, she and her twin sister wrote "Burnout," which talks about the stress response cycle. Yes. Uh, you know, it's a. There's so much available these days um, yes. when it comes to sexuality education. It's mm-hmm. just it just makes me so happy. Yeah. I feel so happy. Yeah. Okay, so. I'm going to help you. Let's create a little dream world together. Okay. So let's say you, Mia, have control over what sort of sex ed we get in schools. Uh-huh. And also, as adults who did not get that sex ed, what sort of sex ed we can get as adults? Ooh, what does that look like? Gosh. <laughs> I think it would start young. And it would start, um, gosh, it now you, you know, I'm a perceiver, yeah. Myers-Briggs like perceiver. So now like, I'm like thinking about this dream world and yeah. I've got like so many changes I'd like to make <laughs> in I like can see you. current state. So I'm yeah. trying to like center myself. Okay. Tony asked a particular question about sexuality education. Um, I would, I would say it starts early. Mm-hmm. It starts, um, you know, children talking to people in their life who, uh, they can trust because those people have also done their own work. Right. <laughs> right. And, um, and are excited to talk to the kids about sex yeah. and uh, want to create that dialogue. I'd say it's not a one conversation, like, okay, yes. check that box. Right. We right. did the birds right. and the bees done. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, no one's using birds and bees. No one's using those language. They are using vulva. They're using clitoris. They're using perineum. They're using shaft. They're using, right? Like we yes. are using glands. We're using the anatomy right. so that people know our bodies, yes. inner labia, right? Like um, there's clarity about what we're yeah. talking about. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. It would be about education about the period. It would be education about, um, uh, gender right right? and and there would be so much invitation for questions Mm -hmm. if people don't know the answer then they they say i don't know and then they find the answer rather than just saying you're not supposed to know it or some stork's gonna drop off some baby like what the fuck is that right like we're storks birds bees like it's it's ridiculous which really like it would be yeah, it like speaks to I think adults now like our discomfort with sex gets passed on to how we talk to kids about it. Of like, oh, I don't want to answer that question about how babies get made because like then I have to say the word penis and like I don't know, I don't want to say that, you know. And so we tell kids yeah. like, oh, the stork, and then the kid has no idea how it happens, and they find out from their you know friend or the internet. Um, right. Yeah. You just nailed it. It is. It is passing down and what we do know intergenerational trauma right right right. we pass that shit down if we don't work on it exactly and then and then people it just keeps going and going and so this is a a way that people can stop the trauma right recognize okay what okay i don't know these certain things okay let me learn about it Mm -hmm. right and then take some workshops read some awesome books go see a sex therapist work with sexuality educators there are so many kick-ass sexuality educators I will, Tony, for as long as I am working with human beings in a clinical perspective, clinical way, I will always have a supervisor. Yes. Always. Um, and my supervisors have supervisors. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm working with, um, my supervisor is Bianca Loriano, mm-hmm. who is a kick-ass uh, ASECT educator and supervisor and works through an intersectional lens as well. Disability justice, transformative justice, racial justice, social justice. Um, and I'm probably missing a bunch of things too. And Bianca is unlike anybody I've met before. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think learning, so this goes to that second part of adults, adults being open to learning, right? And so where we get into trouble is when we think we know everything, when Mm -hmm. we have all the answers and when we stop being curious, right? And it's that piece, um, it's like the ratio, uh, or equation, Mm-hmm. Humility over defensiveness. Yes. 
So that's to me like anti-racism, anti-oppression, what it means to be a human who's like actively uh, trying to do better in this world, Mm -hmm. humility over greater than defensiveness. Yes. Same thing goes with sexuality education. If we are open to learning, if we're open to growing, we're open to using people's pronouns. Yes. Right. Showing them, hey, we we see you and we hear you. Right. 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 We honor who you are as a person because you are whole. Yes. Yeah. And then we pass that along and that's some goodness. Yeah. That's delicious. That's like fantastic sexuality education. For sure. Right. And having it be intersectional, not learning from one perspective, not learning from the white perspective, Mm -hmm. right. Learning from the various different peoples who are out there doing such kick-ass work. Yeah, for sure. Because we've all got gaps in our our awareness. Oh, we do. Like find those spots where we're missing stuff. And like you Mm -hmm. said, humility and curiosity, they rule. So where would you, or what would you recommend listeners might explore, um, adult listeners sort of saying like, oh shit, I should learn more about sex and sexuality in my own history. Like where, other than like going to sex therapy, which obviously we want to recommend that as an option. And we'll talk about you and your practice uh, here soon. Where would you recommend people go to start learning more and exploring their own bodies and their own sexuality? That's such, such a great question. So OMG Yes is a wonderful site. Um, OMGYES.com has educational videos, um, particularly for uh, people who have vulvas and vaginas. Um, It's fabulous, absolutely fabulous. And it's like one year subscription gift it to yourself, gift it to your partners. Uh, you know, it's, it's really, really fabulous. Right. Um, and I think providers have a free subscription any sex, edu- sex, sexuality providers do anyway. Um, also I think for, so for even people just getting started, Scarletine is really fantastic. Okay. Um, Scarla L E T E E N Um, is wonderful for teens, for kids. um, And Scarletine also has a ton of resources on there for um, different branches and pockets. Um, If you're interested in uh, non-monogamy, there's um, the new topping book, the new bottoming book. There are going to be, sorry, that's kink. I I conflated the two. Non-monogamy, there are various different um instagram accounts that are really awesome mm-hmm. i love uh liz powell's book um building open relationships it's got like a blue purple co- uh, cover on it yeah. um, so they're wonderful uh there's literature out there about that also going to a meetup if you're yeah. interested in non-monogamy check out a meetup um they have virtual meetups right now which are really wonderful uh for kink and bdsm um, lots of kink 101 workshops being done virtually right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Midori, M-I-D-O-R-I is okay. one of my consultants, um, trainers, teachers, one of my favorite human beings. I love learning from Midori. Midori is like kind of the, one of the original sexuality educators when it came to kink and BDSM, okay. yeah. um, and offers like a forte fem and she does a lot of kink 101. So if you look for it, you'll find it. Right. There are also a ton of local resources. Seattle is filled with local resources. We have, and even if you just want to get your toes wet mm-hmm. and you're in Seattle, Seattle Erotic Art Festival. Yeah. And we have, so I'm on the board of directors there, just, you know, I don't, disclaimer, I don't know. I, I, not that I'm benefiting from that in any yeah. way, but like by saying that, but like see if Seattle Erotic Art Festival, mm-hmm. if you want to go and look at erotic art with like, with someone you like want to look at a red guard with, right? And you're just like walking around, there's some live performances, you'll see some bondage, you'll see some people walking around naked, handing out hors d'oeuvres, maybe not in COVID, we might not right. do that in COVID, but yeah. see if it's happening now um, and using precautions and it, mm-hmm. at a much smaller uh, venue, which is our gallery, right. um, but check out erotic art. So it depends right. on what you're wanting. Dipsy, D-I-P-S-E-A is literatica that you can listen to. There's also literatica.com. Yeah. That you could, um, that's literature erotica. So there's, I mean, I'm, I know I'm gonna kind of kick myself in the butt and like 
20 minutes when we're done and be like, ah, oh, I forgot yeah. about all these million other resources. These are some awesome um, ones. And I'll put all yeah. these in the show notes so that people can access those cool. websites and look up those books. And okay, yeah, there's so many good places to start. And like, yeah, to me, I think it's like, let's start anywhere. Um, and I recently, I don't know if you follow, um, Todd Baratz on Instagram, your day nonsense. Um, you should follow him. I'll send you his page later. Um, and he has a sex 101 course, um, that really is, it's like a giant workbook of, of things. And he had it on sale recently. So I bought it because I was like, I want to see what this is about. Um, and it's awesome. Like to just find all of these resources to like read more and learn more. And like you were saying earlier, it's like a way to become more ourselves, to get in touch Mm -hmm. with this like most intimate part of our being and to start to get comfortable thinking about and talking about that with ourselves and with other people. Yeah, Yeah. big time. It is the most intimate part of ourselves and it, it permeates through everything we do. When we are aware of our desires, when we're aware of our body, and how it works when we're curious about our partner when we ask questions and when we get to know what it is that over time changes with our partner um how they're feeling what things look like when things are going well what it looks like when things are not going well when we talk about consent when we negotiate when we do aftercare which is something i'd love to talk about too yeah you know it it not only brings it's it's I think so tied to confidence Mm -hmm. you know you and I have talked about confidence before yeah like I got a lot of it Mm -hmm. right like I got a lot of confidence and part of it is it's because I have done this work about like knowing these pieces and staying curious as fuck right about when things shift okay what is that about okay let's have some fun and like figure that out and then staying really curious about the people around me Mm -hmm. yeah that's so powerful. Ah, mm-hmm. I feel like we could talk forever. I'm like, we could do yeah. so many different episodes about all of these different things. But you I know, know where it, I am, Tony, yeah. and I adore you, and I'd be happy to come back. Yeah. Um, I want you to plug your podcast that you do with Kia, and then also mm-hmm. um, anything else you want to plug that you do, where people can find you, cool. all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I So I was just... Yeah, I just got off a, a podcast that we did a mini a mini cast. Um, Kia is a great, a dear friend of mine who is a sexuality educator as well in Seattle. Uh, Pucks Aplenty is their Instagram, mm-hmm. and our Instagram together um, is called Sexuality. S e x u a l i dot. T-E-A, sexuality, and we sit and we drink tea, like you can see my Radical Queer Joy mug that I have here that a friend just sent to me, Um, and uh, we we offer sexuality education from an intersectional lens, and it's two of us who love talking to each other, they are a a Black uh, educator, sexuality educator who really um, shines when it comes to kink and Mm -hmm. BDSM. Um, and polyamory, and um, and I tend to nerd out from also those areas, but more from the therapeutic side yeah. of why things are the way that they are. And right. so together, Key and I, um, we just have a really great time mm-hmm. together talking about uh, sex ed from an intersectional lens, and yeah, we get, we just like geek out together because yeah. we're both really big nerds. Um, <laughs> So we'll plug that as another place to start for people who want to learn more about this stuff. They can listen to sexuality. And then my website, I'm just Mia Fine Therapy. And then we have, like I was, I think I mentioned our collective, our group therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, We have some wonderful providers who offer just a whole range of different therapy um, modalities. And uh, that's the PNW Sex Therapy Collective. All right. And PNW, like Pacific Northwest Sex Therapy Collective. so those are my like those are my my big places right now where where we're doing um therapy and then I teach for those organizations but you know can find those I love it I love it um is there anything that I should have asked you and didn't or anything that you with a few minutes within a few minutes want to share that we haven't gotten to I think this was like just so lovely to offer this information I, I I also think like it's never too late 
to mm-hmm. learn about yourself. Absolutely. Um, if you are a therapist out there, I I beg you, really, like highly encourage you to take some courses mm-hmm. on sexuality. Um, we get one course in graduate school, right. if that. And yeah. I think ours is like one credit of sex. And my gosh, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And we had one class on sex. That's and I, I mean, I, that just it continues to blow my mind. So, yeah. you know, getting trained, um, taking workshops, doing your own education around mm-hmm. this consultation. Again, you can see where I go with my, I'm, I'm a therapist trainer, right? So yeah. Yeah. this is where I go with that. And then for, for folks who aren't therapists, that there's, this is such a beautiful part of who you are and it's not too late to start learning about who you are and who you are as whole and you are not broken. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much, Mia. This was such a, a gift to get to talk with you and we'll have to have you back to talk about some more stuff <laughs> Would love it. and we will I have to schedule it. some time to get together too. All right. Sounds good, Tony. Well, thank you for having me and thanks everybody for listening. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. What an awesome conversation. I just think that this is such, such valuable things for us to be talking about. And again, one of those things that so many of us feel shame about or feel that we're not allowed to talk about. And I just think opening up these conversations with both ourselves and other people is so important to our well-being. And Mia just does a great job of educating us and encouraging and empowering folks to get to know themselves better and show up as their more authentic selves in the world. So if you want to read more or learn more, a lot of the resources that Mia mentioned in this episode are linked in the show notes. You can also go to miafinetherapy.com if you're in Washington and want to work with Mia individually or as a couple. You can also check out their group uh, therapy practice. That's the Pacific Northwest Sex Therapy Collective or the PNW Sex Therapy Collective. You can check out Mia's podcast, Sexuality with Kia. And Kia is on Instagram at pucksaplenty. And their podcast handle on Instagram is at sexuality, and that's S-E-X-U-A-L-I dot T-E-A. So make sure to give them a follow on Instagram and check out that podcast. There's so much good education on their podcast and all the content they're creating right now. Highly, highly recommend. So thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Tony Talks Therapy. If you like this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Share on social media and tag me in it. I super love to see what you all think of the podcast, what's resonating with you, what's landing, and those shares really help get this information out to more and more people. So if you get time for that, rate, review, subscribe, and share. Thank you so much for listening. Take care.